This episode of the Fabulous Learning Nerds is sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, win time, activity periods, RTIs, counselor, and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash B to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E. They are the fabulous learning nerds. Because if you're tired of the old ways of getting it done, you've got the fabulous learning nerds. Scott, Dan, and Abby are making it fun. The best ideas that you've ever heard. So everybody spread the word. They're gonna keep you with turning the fabulous learning nerds. Fabulous learning nerds. Oh yeah! Hey everybody, welcome to another fantastic, incredibly fun show today with your fabulous learning nerds. My name's Scott Shooty. I'm your host, and with us we have the incredible, the mighty Dan Coonrod. Dan the man. Oh, yeah. Mr. Coonrod. The mighty one? Yeah. Mighty. You are mighty, sir. You are majestic <sighs> and mighty. Yes. We are all majestic and mighty in our own way, mm. but you, sir, are especially majestic and mighty. And that mm. will that's going to tie into what we're talking about today. So I'm just kind of like setting it up there. That's my job. So Laying the groundwork. Okay. okay pretty much, okay. yeah. So why, why would you say you're not mighty? We are all mighty. Why are you not? Oh wow! Way to put me on the spot. I I don't know. I I I don't. Uh, man, classifying myself as mighty uh, definitely seems uh, self-aggrandizing. <laughs> really? really? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Woo! Well, I love you, and I think you're mighty, <laughs> and you're fantastic. And that's the bottom line. Gusto don't sit so. That's right. <laughs> there it is. How you doing today, sir? I'm all right. Oh, 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 yep. No, I'm fair to Midland. How else would I be? Come on. Fair <laughs> to Midland. I'm going to make a shirt, fair to Midland. We're going to sell it. We're going to make $3. It'll be fantastic. It'll be great. That's yeah. that's awesome. Give <laughs> <laughs> okay. me $2. Oh, my $2, $2. everybody. $2. Deep cut. Better off oh, dead. Man. Oh, man. We, sh- we actually have a show to do. We should probably do the show. Hey, everybody. Maybe. Uh, maybe, right? Uh, no, so we excited should definitely do the show. Our guest is awesome. He's totally awesome. Back. I love it when people come back. It's like they actually like us. They actually enjoyed us. All the way back from episode six, um, in, um, a lot, which was a while ago. Episode six, everybody. Um, uh, my dear friend, uh, Mr. Paul Hart is with us today. Paul, thank you for having me back. This is awesome, man. How are you doing, my friend? This is this is great. How's how are things? Things have been much different since we last talked. I think the last time we talked was uh, I was a virtual teacher, and now we're back in person. Funny how time flies and slows down at the same time. It does fly and slow down at the same time. We were just talking about 
how our perception of time is all messed up now because of the COVID, because of the pandemic. That transition from virtual back in the classroom, how was that for you? That was rough. It was it was very rough. When we talked, I was fully virtual. And then that year um, in January, we gave parents the option to send their kids back. So I had to go back into school and half my class said, yeah, we're going to come back to school. And half my class said, we're not comfortable with it. This was like January of 2021. So literally, and the parents coming back did not know this, but it was like, your kids are pretty much going to do virtual learning. They're going to come into the classroom and sit in their desk. And I'm going to be at my desk working on the computer, doing the same thing I've done, all the virtual learning. So that was weird. Like, so especially, yeah, time out. You've got kids. And then um, let's, uh, let's level set for our audience. How old are your kids? Uh, I was teaching K-4, so they were four years old. So this was their first experience in school. And they are at a desk. Yep. With with a laptop or a tablet, right? Uh, a tablet, yeah. Yeah. And in my classroom has like tons of toys. So they just want to do that. And it's like, well, we can't let you play with those because COVID. <laughs> because of COVID. And they, they all just had, they were supposed to all just be there and look at each other. And, but not participate fully in that live experience, but, but pretend and do a virtual, virtual one. Is that kind of how that I'm reading what you're telling me? It was like in-person virtual learning. It was so weird. Which is a fantastic idea. I would love to do that. Wouldn't you, Dan? That sounds just the worst. (laughs) We have talked about this and, and, and we're going to get into, into our topic of the week, folks. But we have talked about this, like this whole idea of hybrid learning. Like when somebody figures this out and does a really good job with it, they are going to make just a ton of, of cash because it's like everybody kind of wants that. But what's the model like? And when I talk to my friends in the industry, like, hey, how do you do this? They all say one of two things. They all say, like, don't do it. Like if you're going to do live, do live. And if you're going to do virtual, do virtual. But this idea of trying to do virtual and live is like, it's like peanut butter and chocolate, man. It just, you just don't do that. And, um, or you don't do it well. And I know I've told the story a thousand times. Like I tried and failed miserably. Like I didn't deliver a really good experience, but you had to do that every day. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so that was from January to May. And then, uh, we had the intentions of coming back, uh, in person the next school year. And we did for the first two weeks. And we had a crazy, we had a crazy outbreak where or rise surge or whatever. So we went back on like a three week virtual only. And that happened about three times during the school year. But uh, the organization I was at um, was big into like, we need to have our test scores up. So we pretended that like, we pretended that um, our kids really didn't lose half a year in learning. Like we kept the standards up because uh, like March of 2020, my school was not prepared for virtual learning. So what we did, we had to email our families two times a week and be like, read to your kids. But there was no learning happening in my school from March to May. So those kids 
we're starting the next year that we started online already behind. And then, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to back up um, just a few, few steps because this is really interesting and great. And I'm so glad you're here. And I want to appreciate the fact that you're being candid about it because I would imagine that a lot of people are like, don't talk about this. Like you shouldn't talk about it, but we have to talk about it. Right. Um, because these yeah, are and I'm not at school anymore. I'm not at school anymore, so it's, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the school that will no longer be named. But I mean, was anybody ready for virtual learning in March of 2020? And I would, I would argue, based on what I saw and some things that I attended, that that answer is no. Like we just weren't ready for it. You see, I know for a fact our school was not ready, but they also were not. Like I talked to a lot of teachers from different schools that they were like, we took a week off, we met like on Zoom and we came up with a plan and we were completely virtual, like end of March, 2020. We just did not do that. We were just like, hey, we're going to go on uh, like Class Dojo or uh, Kahoot and have like fun little games for 30 minutes. I'll check in with parents. But that was about it. But some schools really got in the trenches and were like, okay, we have to provide for the kids. Let's take a week. Let's get some training. Let's float ideas around. Let's see what we can do. And there's a lot of schools that did that. And there's a lot of schools, unfortunately, like the one I was at, that did not. That's fantastic that there, that was going on. I think that's a story that I have not heard, the, the, the circle of wagons, which is what I would do in any leadership position, like I'm in this territory, I have no idea what we need to do, but we need to meet the needs of the business. So let's get our, get the right people in the room. We'll figure it out. Right. So, I mean, that, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing I want to ask is, so you're doing this hybrid thing. Did, what, did you get any better at it? Did, what did you learn in that experience from, I've got a live environment, but I also have this virtual environment. Here are some of the things that I learned, right? that actually yeah. made that work. So how, I mean, eventually you have to make, you kind of have to make that work. So what did you learn? Uh, I learned that ingenuity is an amazing thing. And that um, I just learned that you got to put like, like for me, I had to make it fun. Like these kids are in my classroom. I have to make it fun for them, but then I got to make it fun for the kids online because to me, at that moment, my job was to get the kids in the classroom to like like being at school. So I would purposely do like, uh, and I was K four, so we our, our days went from seven thirty to twelve o'clock of online instruction, and then we had lunchtime, and my K four kids would nap for an hour, and then they would get picked up. Um, but I made sure, like, when we were doing like man, I would teach like a reading lesson and then to like, you know, to everybody, the kids are at their desk, watching on their tablets. The kids are at home, watching on their tablets. I would, you know, share a video and play like a stretch song or a dance song. But then like, I would go and personally interact with the kids in the classroom, like have them practice lining up. Like you guys will probably be in person next year. Let's practice the stuff you have to do to learn. You know, and then just kind of making custom slides and fun stuff for all the kids online. It was just, it was literally building the airplane in the air <laughs> and hoping huh. it does not crash too hard. You have enough landing gear when you get to the end of the year. That's incredible. <laughs> but at least, you know, at least you learned something, right? Oh, a hundred percent. 
I, you know, I've I've often tell my people like, you know, what's the worst that happened? Well, and if you didn't learn anything, then that's really bad. But if you, but if you learned, (laughs) right. (laughs) If, but if you, (laughs) all of this terrible stuff happened and I can't quite remember why. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's the goal, right? We want to get better. We want to growth. We just had a conversation with uh, Garima a week ago. We were talking about growth and the importance of growth and, um, it, it, especially in our in our field and in our industry, but you've you've got to take a look at where you're at. You've got to look in the mirror and start with yourself and say, "What did what did I learn and how do I get better?" Um, and that is mm-hmm. not something that a lot of people like to do. Like we just don't like to do. Like everybody says, "Oh, you know, give me the feedback," but I think we are allergic to feedback. And so the first bit of feedback I always have is for myself. Like, what? How do I get better? So you go through. The meek grinder, and thank you, by the way, for your service. Like I, we always thank our military people. We need to thank our teachers, especially for what they went through. Like, thank you for your service in this time, and and how important that is. Yeah. And um, so, I, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. But holy crap, I know you do. Lear, learning, man. What what you learn? How do you make it better? And um, so I guess the the last follow up question, and I swear to God, we'll get into our topic of the week. Like, so how do we <laughs> how do we make up for that so we lost a year of learning and i i heard the other day that um on another podcast that we actually lost a decade worth of progress with science and mathematics in a year that we had with um, the pandemic how do you make up for that you go backwards you go backwards. We need to, we need like, I mean, I think it's too late for that. Now we should have paused. We should have retaught the stuff they missed. Um, we probably, like, I know there's a lot of grants tied up into standardized testing. We should have got rid of that for a year. We should have just got the kids to low school again, to get them back to where they were in March of 2020. I think we go forward by going backwards, by getting back into the basics, by getting back into this is what learning now looks like. We're going to incorporate a lot of virtual stuff and we still have to keep the social part of it. Like, I just, I really think we needed a hard reset. I think the 2021, like the, uh, you know, like that following August, like the 2020 to 2021 school year should have been the last school year done over, even if they're in a new grade. Like, I think that's what should have happened because for those four-year-olds, four-year-olds are not getting a lot of academics. When I was a K-4 teacher, it's my job, one, to get you to love wanting to come to the building and two, to get you to learn how to learn. Like, I'm going to teach you how to line up. I'm going to teach you how to sit at the carpet. I'm going to teach you how to be at your desk. I'm going to teach you how to take in in information and then those kids come the next year and they go from a very very high social emotional focus to now a very high k5 standardized testing drill 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 and they're lost they don't know how to act they don't know how to learn like we should have stopped and we should have just been like right now for like first grade is going to be k5 this is what we're doing like, I think a hard stop should have happened, but I don't get to make those choices. I, you know, you, you bring up like going back to go forward and, and, and taking that time to like just assess 
what happened and like where we're at and like pick up the pieces. And I, I, hundred percent love that idea i know that like our modern world uh it would probably just like screech and just freak out and stuff but like i i feel like the world has changed in deep fundamental ways and we're all desperately trying to figure out how do we make it go back how do we put the genie back in the bottle and i think your i think your point is is spot on like we don't that the genie doesn't go back in the bottle. Let's take a minute and see what the new world looks like. That's fantastic. Let's ask for a new wish, you know? Like Yeah. Yeah. Last one didn't go so great. Monkey's paw kind of thing. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my first wish is I want three more wishes, right? So I mean that works out real well. <laughs> you, you bring up something really cool and you know, this idea and Dan, thanks for bringing that up. This is, you know the world is different and you're right. So many people want to go back. Like let's get everybody back in the office. Um, good luck with that. Right. Or, um, you know, there's so many good things that are going on in learning and in work and in teaching that we've learned that if we can just take those learnings and move forward bravely, I think that that's a really good thing. And those people that can figure it out are going to win. And that's one of the things that, that you've done. And so, um, yeah, we're going to spend some time talking a little bit about some of your victories, some of the things that, that you've been doing, um, and uh, especially about this whole social-emotional connection uh, with learning. So without further ado, as I promised, uh, let's go ahead and dive into our topic of the week, shall we? Social emotional learning in um in education with my good friend Paul Hart. I just wanted to play that bumper because it's really cool. How's that? It's it, that is it's an a awesome banger. bumper. It is a banger. <laughs> hey, so um, talk to us a little bit about uh your transition and then into the story of uh, social and and emotional um focus in learning. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, this is my 10th year as a teacher. And I feel like one of the things I've been really good at is uh, kind of getting kids to learn about their feelings and their expressions, and especially how to deal with those feelings. And we call that social emotional learning. And I was really able to tap into that my last four years of education, I was in K-4, where there still is an academic focus, but it's like my bread and butter was, hey, these are the feelings. This is how we deal with it. And the number like the number one thing in social emotional, you can ask, I mean, you could probably ask a couple of high schooler kids. You could be like, is it okay to be angry? And a lot of people will say no. Like, no, it's 100% okay to be mad. It's 100% okay to have those feelings. What's not okay is the way we handle those feelings. And we need to start coming up with like kind of indicators or like little check engine lights of when we start to feel those feelings change and have kind of like, you know, like a toolbox of um, strategies to help you deal with that. Like even strategies to help you when you're really happy. You know, like when you're really happy, that can sometimes lend to distractions in the classroom. So for like the last four years, I've really been honing in on that. And um, 
it was cool because the last school I was at really focused on inclusion where we had a lot of kids with a lot of different um, needs, like special needs. And uh, um, I like I'm, I'm in Milwaukee. So uh, I'm in the like inner city of Milwaukee. So my focus and expertise has been helping kids with very, very traumatic experiences um, and deal with that. Cause what we're learning is like a kid that grew up in a very traumatic environment, suffered traumatic things. They're pretty much three years emotionally behind somebody you would say that did not experience those things. So you're kind of in a classroom, they're the same age and you got so many different like varying levels of like social, emotional, like maturity. And I've just been fascinated by how that, uh, all works and how I can, do different things to get these kids to where they need to be emotionally, especially in K4. Cause like I said, the learning part is still there in K4, but to me, it's like, we got to get you to know you and what makes you tick and how you can help you because in K5 through 12 now or through uh, high school and, and college trade school, you're going to be put in a lot of situations where you're going to start to get stressed out. It's like, okay, you like that's cool. Get stressed out. But how, what can we do to get you to give yourself from like some relief to get you back into that learning environment? Yeah, I, I, I love that. And by the way, it's a huge problem not in just schools, right? So I really feel like this lack, and we've talked a lot about it, like this lack of emotional intelligence is a big problem in the United States or in the world, really, honestly. And for us not to be able to first identify how we're feeling, but also what we do to, um, what we do when we're, when we're feeling what we're feeling, I think is, is really important. And um, unfortunately, you know, we live in a society, in a world where technology helps us um express ourselves in very dangerous ways in very very not positive ways right um and i just don't feel like that's a, a good thing so help us understand um what's that process right so how do you how do you help kids maybe even adults right uh, understand and recognize um what they're feeling and what they should do about it like i, I imagine there's a process right Oh yeah, like uh we have uh we have a, quite a few things in education like uh we call it like PBIS learning like positive behavior like incentive systems and stuff like that where we have actual lessons where we talk about feelings um one thing that I love to do is I love to have like one of my first weeks I I play the movie Inside Out because I think Inside Out is fantastic for young kids like it labels all like it's such a beautiful movie. It, like it labels all of the emotions, but then it also shows how how you need those emotions. Like people think anger is bad, but you need that anger because then it's going to make you appreciate how happy you are now. Like I was this mad, but I worked through it. If I didn't have this anger, I don't know if I'd feel this happy right now. Um, we have all of that stuff. Um, you know, like. I think the main thing is to just be able, like, I try to tell my kids, one of the main things I say in my classroom is if they're feeling mad, if like, if I can do, like, you can just tell, like, I mean, not just kids, anybody, you can get the feeling, you can look at their face, you can be like, okay, your energy is off. 
So I'll just walk up to a kid and I'll get at their eye level and I'll just say, like, can you name it? And like, I mean, this is kind of a learning thing in our first couple of weeks, but like my main thing is if we name it, we can address it. So I'll just look at him and be like, can you name what you're feeling right now? And, you know, they kind of look at me and like, well, I'm feeling mad. Okay. Why are you feeling mad? I'm feeling mad because of this. And then I think as a teacher, you have, especially for a four-year-old, you have to validate it. Like, I'm feeling mad because he skipped me. Like, okay, yes, you can feel mad because he skipped you because we have a line order. That is not okay. How can we, like, how can we get over this? Like, what can we do? And, and a lot of it from working with like a lot of uh, um, like uh, physical therapists in the classroom and, you know, psychologists is breathing is the big thing. So the first thing I do is I teach my kids, especially like the young kids, is uh, you smell the flower. So you grab a, you grab a pretend flower, you, you smell it, and then you blow out the candle. And we got to do that five times. And then we talk about how we can change it. Or maybe that was enough to get them to be like, okay, I'm good. I'm good now. And um, I don't know if I should jump ahead, but like, uh, one thing that's been mainly used in especially special education and kids with like, you know, like a lot of, you know, like autism, all of that, like high traumatic stress. One thing that's been used mainly only in the special ed classrooms, not in general education, it's called the zones of regulation. And it's just kind of a thing where they they take each emotion and they put it to like a color level and you put that chart up, you talk about it with the kids because they can actually see it. And each emotion has kind of like different ways that, you know, they might be feeling. So like the blue zone is like, you're, you're sad, you're tired, you're overwhelmed. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's break that down. I think that's a really great place to be with. Um, it, and I, I think that's pretty helpful. Um, and I agree with you 100%. Like, you know, I, if I can master my emotions and, and name them and, and know what I need to do to move on, I can make better choices. And ultimately, that's what life's all about, right? I'm going to try to make the best choice that I can. So let's, let's start with that. Zones of regulations. Like, the first one is what? Um, yeah. And like, I think to go to your thing, I, I think just, I think we need to get past the stigma of being like, it's only good to feel happy. Like, I think that's been such a thing. Like it's okay to feel anything you're feeling like, especially for young kids. Like we need to make it okay to feel the way you feel. Uh, so yeah, like in the real blue, quick. Yep. 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 Real quick. I just want to kind of like describe for our audience, like Thank what you. we're looking at here. <laughs> uh, so like for you guys, who who obviously can't see what we're seeing because you know you're driving and there's no video. Uh, like the the picture we're looking at here is like four zones, and obviously Paul's going to go through those, but each one's got a color. The big takeaway, though, and Paul, I'd love for you to talk more about this as you describe, is that there are four different pictures of Chris Hemsworth as Thor <laughs> <laughs> in, in in each of these. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let you describe what that means. <laughs> here, here is the regular one right here, which is just black and white pictures of like clip art kids. Um, 
So like, I, I think that's so boring and uh, I'm sure we'll get into this in a little bit, but I went with a full blown theme for my classroom this year at a new school. But yeah, uh, the zones of regulation, uh, we like in, in, in my class, especially cause now I, I graduated to K five. So I'm teaching five year olds and I am at a new school and they've kind of like, if you don't mind, Scott, no, no, go uh, ahead. Kind of give yeah. some backstory on all of this. I, Like I'm in a K-5 classroom and I was hired as a humanities teacher and humanities is like reading and writing and like the art of all that. So we have two K-5 classes at our school. Um, One class is like 27 kids. One has 29. Um, So what happens in the morning, I have my homeroom. Like it's almost kind of like a high school. I, I have my homeroom. We come in, we have breakfast. Then we have, like, it's literally in my, uh, like, lesson plans and schedule, SEL community meeting time. So I get these kids for 30 minutes in the morning to kind of go over this stuff. And then we do reading where I'm mainly just teaching how, teaching kids to learn to read, to write. We go to lunch. They come back. Uh, The homeroom from the morning comes back. We have another rehash of the SEL, like, lesson of the day or focus of the day. And then we do a little bit more reading. And then the other class, the other K five class who has been with their homeroom teacher has done their SEL, but then they do STEM with that teacher, which is like science, technology, engineering, and math. So then both classes switch and I get the other class from 12 until three o'clock to kind of go over reading. Um, but I still try to even bring in all of this stuff with that second class, even though they're not my homeroom. Um, and because we do have a lot of kids with special needs, I was like, I've never really used the zones of regulations, like the zones of regulation. This has pretty much been only for special ed classes, kids like on the high end of like autism but I'm like, I really kind of want to go into this. And I also really wanted to find an excuse to find a lot of different pictures of Thor. Um, but um, okay. Before you go in the four zones, you said you had a theme for this year. I did have a theme. What is I it? Did, like I, it is Thor. <laughs> it is. It why is did you Thor. Pick Thor? Um, I'm curious just because the movie came out or to help us understand why you picked Thor. Not that I, don't love it, but help us understand Absolutely. why you picked it. So, I mean, you know, like you can go to any teacher supply store and they kind of already have like, like you can buy different types of themes, but it's kind of like a generic thing. You know, like you can get like, you can get the average superhero theme where it's got like clip art superheroes and all of that stuff and stuff like that or like you can get you know like a chevron theme which is a lot (laughs) not the oil but the design of um of stuff like that but man i just you know one thing i've learned i've learned is the way i feel like i'm able to connect and create such really cool relationships with the kids is not only am i bringing something i think they would think is cool into the classroom like you know like cool designs but like i also want the classroom to have stuff i like in it like i want the theme to be something that gets me excited to come into school every day sure 
And I think when you find that balance, when you bring yourself into the classroom, I think you have a much better chance of more quickly being able to connect with these kids. Like if they can see a part of you, I think you're in because kids have the best BS detectors. Like if they know you're not into it, if they know you're not a hundred percent, like they just know when you're faking something and they don't care. They're going to be like, okay, I like, if you don't care, I don't care. But, um, I've always like, I remember reading the Jason Aaron comics when my daughter was being born. So I've always loved Thor for the past like 15 years. And, um, you know, the Chris Hemsworth character has become the one person I never thought I could relate more to like a God in uh in movies, but I think Thor has become the most relatable character for a lot of people, especially when he became dad bod Thor. I'm like, oh my God, I actually kind of look like him now. This is fantastic. But uh, you know, the movie Love and Thunder really helped with that because I did. I I, I really loved that movie i think as a teacher i don't know if you two have seen that movie i don't want to give anything away um i have yet to watch it it's on disney plus so it's on the docket this afternoon i'm gonna watch it there you go (laughs) I, i would love for you like i would love to hear your thoughts on it and i can tell you the part where as a teacher what i love the most about it but um i just i just love thor and i think he brings kind of a cool thing decoration wise to the classroom like uh i made i like this new school has a color printer and a poster maker where you can take like a document like this zones of regulation thing i'm showing you um this is literally just on a google slide i sent the file to our uh office administrator and she put it in the poster maker and blew it up to be like a poster so it's hanging in our classroom so you know so just stuff like that and Outside in the in the hallway, all their names are on their little like, you know, coat hangers, like in lightning bolts when they come into their desk. I made about like a foot foot long, um, like Mjolnir with their name and number for each of their desks. Uh, you know, just stuff like that. And uh, I went and printed out a bunch of beautiful copies of some awesome Thor comic books and put them all over the classroom, like different versions of Thor. You know, at one point, uh, Storm held the hammer. And I think it's really cool for like, you know, like my young female students who are black, you know, and of different minorities to see like someone like Storm, like, hey, she was Thor. And we've kind of just done this whole thing. Let's go back to the zones of of regulation. Let's kind of walk through that if, if you don't mind. So the first zone, you got dad, bod, Thor. Who looks like me. Mm-hmm. I look like that. So I get that. <laughs> and it's the blue zone. Talk about the blue zone and, and why that's important. Yeah, the blue zone, like from what I was doing, it's kind of like a bunch of different feelings that I think kind of make your body and emotions feel the same way. Like we call that the low running slow zone. Like you're not happy. You're feeling tired. You're feeling like you're going to cry. You feel like. You just got done running a race like there's nothing to give anymore. And that could be either be we got back from recess or gym class and we just went all out like we're tired or we're just having a bad day. Like we're sad. Something happened at home that made us sad. Something like this happened. Like we're sad. 
um, you know, or we just don't feel like participating. And it's like, okay, this is what I'm feeling at right now. Um, when the day starts, like, especially when we come back after lunch, I put this up and I'll ask kids if they feel comfortable telling us what zone they're in. So when we get like people are in the blue zone, I usually ask them, like, can you tell us why you're feeling that way? They usually like to share. There's some kids like, no, I just don't want to talk about it. Like, okay. Like, you know, and then a couple strategies be like, well, how about we think about something that made us feel really happy? Like, let's think about that and how that made us feel. And sometimes that can bring us back. But again, it's to be like, okay, you're feeling unhappy. You're feeling tired. That's okay. Let's like, but what can we do to make sure you're learning? Now, the ideal one, especially for learning is the next one, which is the green zone, which I got a, a picture of Chris Hemsworth, who was really happy to see Hulk in Ragnarok. Um, <laughs> um, I call that the happy, good to go. Like we are feeling ready to take on the day. Like we have positive thoughts. We're proud of what we're doing. We're proud of who we are. We're calm and we are ready to learn. We're focused. I do like to say this is the zone we want to be in, especially when we're learning. Like this is, this is where we want to be. It's okay not to be here, but like, this is where we do want to be in the day, especially during learning and especially like for our own mental health and happiness. We want to be at the happy, good to go green zone. Um, so the next one is kind of like we call it the yellow zone or the caution. Like we know that we're starting to feel something like strange things are afoot at the circle. K. Um, you know, like and <laughs> Bill, Bill and Ted folks, Bill and Ted only on this show. Go ahead. <laughs> so like this could go in either direction, like either this, like the yellow zone, your body can start to feel like you're going back into the blue zone or, you know, like, I feel like this is kind of like an in-between type of place. Like, you're starting to feel excited, but like not that good excited. Like, like you're kind of on edge. You're feeling a little jumpy about things. You're nervous. Um, you're getting frustrated by some things. Maybe you weren't able to finish your lunch. You're not mad yet, but that's kind of bugging you. You're annoyed. You're annoyed that you got to be back in class. Like we call this the caution zone. And this is the zone where I really want kids. Like if I'm in the middle of teaching, and you start to feel like you're in the yellow zone. I want you to stand up and say, Mr. Hart, I'm in the yellow zone. Like, okay, let's get you where you need to be. Like, let's do it because that could be bad. Because then that could get us to the red zone. The red zone is like the angry we need to stop phase. Because that's when we're mad. That's when we're furious. That's when we're starting to yell. And that is when it's most likely things could get aggressive with our body and our words. Like we could really start to do some things that are going to have negative consequences. Like we could say something that's not appropriate in class, or we could use our hands against somebody or, or break something in the classroom. Like that is the last place we want to be. It's okay to be there, but we don't want you there for a while. We don't want you to act on that anger. So that's like, I want kids especially to be able to identify like I'm feeling I'm feeling in the yellow zone, I'm feeling in the red zone. It's like boom, okay, let's let's work here. Let's figure out we need to get you back. 
We need to get you back to hopefully the green zone. Even if you're like a little bit of yellow, that's okay. But red zone, we're just not thinking. Like, like I, I'm, I'm with you. This is so great. I'm just so happy that you're teaching kids this because I got to tell you straight up, like a lot of adults don't get this either. I'm so sorry. I was going to jump in because I 100% agree with that. Like joking slash not joking. Like if this was an important part of driver's ed, that would just be fantastic. (laughs) Before you get in in this car, what zone are you in? Because like just this emotional intelligence and being able to like identify and name the emotion you're feeling is something I feel like adults just, just, don't have a grip on. I know we're talking about like how you're using this and like your your K four and your K five programs, but like this is fantastic. I'm sorry, Scott. I didn't mean to steal. Hey, your no, thunder. no, it's Jump not right stealing back. any thunder. I mean, it's just <laughs> you're right. You're absolutely right. And so one of the things that I think that like this is a recent learning for me, like the last five years, and um, because we suck at talking about it, emotions or even identifying emotions, that we have a propensity to get stuck. In one of those zones, we like so many people today are stuck in the blue zone, like anxiety, depression, right? I'm just sad. Mm -hmm. And for me, when I get there and I realize that I'm there, right? Um, Because I'm a human being, I get there. I am wicked unproductive. Like nothing good, very little good happens when I'm in that zone. Um, And if I could just share my experience, like, we got superior learning. That's fantastic. If I could share my experience, and that is, you know, life is a reflection of how we feel. And so mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever, ever been in quicksand. Paul, you've been in quicksand? You know what I mean by being in quicksand? No. I yeah, do. Yeah. So though. there was a time in my life where nothing was going right. And you know what I did? I did the very human thing, which was I just griped about it. And guess what happened? It got worse, and I didn't understand why it, it got, got worse. worse. And it just got worse and worse and worse and worse. It's like the Minnesota Vikings when they start going downhill, it just worse and worse and worse and worse. And so, you know, being able to identify where I'm at on the emotional in that emotional spectrum we talked about, and then quickly, and I love how you were talking about it, get back to green, because if life is a reflection of how we feel about things. I want to be in green, right? And there are tools, at least I've found that there are tools that I can use as an adult that can help me get into green. So part of my new routine, if I could share, is I meditate every day about being happy. I may not be happy, but fake it till you make it, right? So like, hey, I love that everything's going right for me. I love, and this is true, I love that I have no drama in my in-basket. And I'm going to tell you nine times out of 10 when I focus in on trying the good things that go into my life. I have 100% better days. I am more productive. And believe it or not, I show up to my in-basket. There's no drama in my in-basket. Now, there might be, but I don't feel like it's drama anymore. So what you're teaching kids is super important. And then how we translate that to the adult world is super important just for an overall effectiveness thing. Um, and that's my experience, right? And so I, I don't know if you guys have experienced that as well, but man, you got to be green. And, it, and if you're not, how do you get there? And if I, if I feel really mad, I got to quickly stop and recognize that I am mad. And I love that you have stop, right? Angry, stop, mm-hmm. stop, take a step back, 
get the green or at least get the yellow. You know, otherwise yeah. you're going to say or do something bad. And we call that detachment. Go ahead, Paul. And, and, and again, like one thing I just stressed to them is that you are not a bad person. If you are in the red zone, like no. that, like, I, I think that has been such a thing in education in the past, especially when I was growing up, maybe when I first started teaching, like you're angry, that's bad. Mm-hmm. No, like these kids have to be comfortable with their emotions. They've been taught to bottle it up so much and only show the good thing. That's when the stuff hits the fan. Like we need them to understand what they're feeling is a hundred percent. Okay. We want you at the green zone. We love you at the green zone. I mean, we love you at the red zone, but it's okay to be at the red zone once in a while. And I, I love it when like, maybe I'll get upset at class. Like I'll get upset about something and I'll just stop teaching. Like, you know what kids, I feel like I'm in the red zone. Who has an idea? And it usually ends with like a dance party. Like we just do like a, we just do like a two minute dance break and we feel good. I feel good again. And I, I physically go back up and I take my finger from the red zone and I put it on the green zone. And I'm like, you guys all got me there. Thank you for caring about me to get me to the green zone. Like, I appreciate you. And the last thing I wanted to show, which I'll describe for years, I've done superhero learning. And this is more to go on what this Thor theme has actually done for my classroom. Um, We have, uh, I like kids are expected to learn different ways. So I got this mainly from my first one is we have to have listening here. So I do pizza dog ears. I love pizza dog from the Matt faction uh, Hawkeye series. Cause he was a blind dog, but he had the best hearing. So it's like, Hey, use your ears to listen. And you know, he was in the new Hawkeye show um, because a lot of my kids are um, Hispanic. This was always storm. Cause she could see the weather, but I changed it to Miss America Chavez eyes. Cause especially in that movie, she could see into different like universes and multiverses. So like the kids get to see someone that looks like them on the board. Um, but we use our Miss America eyes. We're tracking the teacher. Uh, we got to be quiet. So we're using Batman voices because our voices are off. Can I um, pause you there? Do we, your kids, yeah. you know, do your kids just start talking like Batman? Like, Hey, Mr. Hart. No. Okay. No, 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 no. But but uh, what they do is they put their fingers up and I always tell them, I go, did, does Batman catch the Joker by being loud? And the first couple of weeks I have like, I made this Joker out of like a paper bag. Like I glued construction paper and made it look like Joker. And we like when we're walking in the hallway. Like if they make a sound, I turn the puppet to face them. I'm like, Oh, if he hears one more thing, he got away. We can't catch him. So now they're quiet in the hallway. We got sit like Ninja Turtles. And then we have to dress like our kids wear uniforms and it has to be tucked in. So, you know, Thor uniform, like dress like a hero in our uniform. And this is all I had before. And a couple weeks ago, one of my kids, because we started August 15th, kids came back August 15th. So we've been here for like a month now. Last week, this awesome kid brought in this giant poster of Mjolnir and Stormbreaker from like Thor Love and Thunder, like this beautiful poster. And she's like, can you hang this in the classroom? I'm like, yes. And I start to take it. And you know what she says to me? She goes, we are Thor. So I put that as our last slide. I'm like, if we do all of this, 
we are Thor. And I never thought a theme would have as much of like a community building effect in the first month of school that this has had, which was like just to hear a five-year-old girl be like, we are Thor. I wanted to cry. (laughs) (laughs) This is awesome. I I love this. Mjolnir is the hammer for all of the people out there that don't know um, Marvel very well, which is fine, but it's the hammer. So I think that's awesome. You know, we're, I I can't end the show without you talking about um, the recent things that you did and the recognition you got for the work that you got in, on social media. Could you tell us the Twitter story and take as long as you want? I know I I would love to. So I, I kind of described how my class looks. Um, and what's really cool is uh, I have the rainbow carpet. I think a lot of people have seen it. Like it squares of different colors of the rainbow. Kids sit in it. We call that the Bifrost now because of <laughs> because it takes us anywhere we want to go with learning. <laughs> um, so like I did all that. This was a couple days before the kids came. I took a video. I was playing Guns and Roses, Sweet Child of Mine. We're having a blast. Like I'm having a blast. Um, I never go on Twitter. I. I'm like, I'm going to put this on Twitter because I think it looks cool. Like, I think some of, like, like a lot of our mutual friends in this podcasting pop culture community are going to appreciate this. I'm like, ah, you know what? I'm going to tag. I'm going to take Taika Waititi and Chris Hemsworth. And I've tagged a lot of people in the past. But I don't go on Twitter a lot. And I went on one day, like on Wednesday, and I saw Pop Culture Leftovers shared it. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I went, like, from two views to maybe 50. And then on a Friday night, it was a really tough night. Um, it was it, like it came at the perfect time. My grandma had just passed away in Minnesota, and like I had to tell my kids about it. So I told them, "We're, we're you know, we're having a cry." I put them to bed. I'm like, I'm gonna go on Twitter and just see what's going on because I go on once a week. I log in and I got like forty two thousand notifications, and I'm like, "What is happening?" Like, this is weird. And the first notification is Chris Hemsworth has, quote, retweeted your tweet. And I'm like, what's happening now? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what's going on? And what he did was uh, he took the video, he retweeted it, which like, a lot of celebrities, all you got to do is just hit retweet. But he took the time and he said, this is incredible. Wishing you and your students nothing but success for this school year. And it went from like 50 views to now I'm at 70,000 views on this video. So like 70,000 people have seen the inside of my classroom. My kids, my students can say they are in a classroom that is approved by Thor. Like it was just freaking fantastic, man. It was so cool. Right, that is so awesome. Didn't you put together like I, I think you got you used it as an opportunity to go ahead and do more for your students as well? Didn't you put together a you know kind of a yeah? We put together our Amazon wish list, which a lot of people have done this year, and it was fulfilled. So I was able to get a lot of stuff for my kiddos, which I think is fantastic. You have the app, you know, and that's a lot of. And I have to give you praise because you didn't do that selfishly at all. Like that wasn't a hey everybody look at me moment. That's a Hey everybody, look at my kids moment, right? And then to take it to the yeah, end, it's like nth degree, you you did good stuff for your kids. 
from the from the sheer viralness of of something good, which I think we need more of. Yeah, because like a lot of people like that what like inbox me are like, hey, your classroom looks cool. Like, do you have a wish list? I would love to contribute to it. I'm like, oh well, okay. Like I, I I can make one, but it was never like the idea of like I'm gonna do this to, you know, which is what you said, but it it, it just blew up out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It it was insane. So I need to thank like all of our mutual friends that also reshared it. Like it was it was really cool. My kids are so proud to be like, yeah, Thor has seen our classroom. Like this is So you and Chris Hemsworth are now good personal friends, right? He follows me on Twitter. Okay. All right. So that's exciting. So can he help us get our podcast uh, Thor certified? That would be look at Dan shaking his head. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. I'm kidding. I'm totally, I don't know for you. I'm totally kidding. I don't know for you. It might be Loki. Like it might be Loki approved. Oh. Where's <laughs> where's 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 the drop of somebody fishing? Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying. You know. You know. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, no, what you're doing is awesome. Um, and, you know, I'll just reiterate, uh, learning people are good people. Um, we're, we, we have the best intentions. Really want to, in your case, see kids grow. Um, in our case, you know, kids and adults grow. So I think it's, it's awesome. I'm glad we're friends. I'm super glad that you're on the show. Um, as we begin to wrap things up, I want to give you an opportunity. Like the thing that I love about you, Paul, is that, um, you're just an inspiration, right? So we need more people like yourselves Uh from an inspirational perspective. So this is your chance, right? You get to talk to all four of our listeners out there. Um, (laughs) what would you say to our audience from an inspirational perspective on some things that they may want to consider as they bring what we've talked about or, or just bring their authentic self into what they do. I mean, I think you said it right there. You, you, you have to, I mean, I know it's so easy, especially with social media to want to present yourself in a different light. And that gets like one way or another, that's going to get exposed. And that's like the one thing that I'm just trying to teach not only my students, but like my actual kids, like my two kids themselves and I'm still trying to learn it to this day is always be, be true to yourself. Like if you're your authentic self, like you're not going to feel as happy about the accomplishments you make. Like, like, I, like, I hope this is sound braggy, but like, you think it, like if I post like a video of like an Apple theme classroom and like, no offense to the people that do it, but like, that's not my classroom. You know what I mean? Like, Maybe these kids come in and they're like, I hate Thor, but like, you're getting me like you want to incorporate their likes, of course, but like, especially as a teacher and especially like in a leadership role, you have to show a lot of who you actually are because I'm more likely to follow somebody who I feel is authentic, who I feel like is like, is not only showing me them their true selves, but they're also showing me that they're willing to fail in front of me and what they can learn from it. So I think if you're true to yourself and you embrace the fails, that's like, that's what I got right now. Like, don't be afraid to fall on your face in front of the people you're trying to teach because that becomes more of a powerful learning experience 
for them than learning how to sound out the word cat. I still haven't quite, I haven't figured that out yet. Love that. But thank you so much. Groovy, groovy stuff, Paul. Oh my gosh. Great stuff, all as always. Um, listen, do us a favor. Could you uh, let our audience know how they might be able to reach out and get in touch with you? Yeah, I'm on Twitter. I'm at uh, PaulieWise, P-A-U-L-I-E-Wise84, because I was a big Pennywise fan back in the day. Still am. So PaulieWise84. And if you want to listen to us sometimes, uh, Apple to Oranges. We're reviewing all the Apple TV shows. But yeah, just, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Like, I'll be on in another 54 episodes, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I would, yeah, hopefully we get a 54 more episodes in. That'd be great. I mean, and you're always welcome back. Next time we have a roundtable, we'll bring you in, Paul, because I'd love to get your feedback. You have a, you have a great teachable point of view around yeah, 100%. learning and kids um, and a great teachable point of view on just being authentic. And, and I love what you had to say about failure. I just think that, you know, we got to be okay with it. Like, it's the greatest way to learn, man. Let's just uh, let's fail fast and fail safe. But, you know, it's a, it's a great way to learn and it's a humble way to learn. And I, I just think it's great. Daniel San. Yes, Scott. Could you do me a favor and let our audience know how they can connect with us? 100 percent. All right, party people. If you haven't already, email us at nerds at the Tell us who your favorite superhero is. Marvel, DC, Image. We don't care. We like them all. Uh, if you're on Facebook, you can find us at Learning Nerds. And for all Instagram peeps, Fab Learning Nerds. And if you haven't already, check out our new website, www.thelearningnerds.com. Scott? Thanks, Dan. Hey, everybody, do me a favor. Could you go ahead and hit that subscribe button, especially if you like the show? I mean, if you really like the show, share it with your friends. The more people we have to get the word out there, the better we're going to be. Also, Leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcast. We'd love to know how well we're doing, and it also helps us get the word out to more folks. And with that, I'm Scott. I'm Dan. I'm Paul. And we are your fabulous learning nerds, and we are out. Thanks for listening to the Fabulous Learning Nerds. You know, there are a lot of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment of offerings. If you're, if you're thinking of giving it a try, if you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com BE.